Welcome everyone. Thank you very much for being here this evening. Uh, my name is Michael Fraud. I am the Assistant Program Director at Drisha, and I'm very happy to welcome you all to tonight's class with uh, Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Zuckier on the Kapara of Yom Kippur uh, as part of our ongoing series of classes for Elul and Tishrei. Uh, so tonight's class is, as I said, about the Kapara of Yom Kippur. The overarching idea of the course is examining how the atonement that happens on Yom Kippur comes about. Is it dependent on bringing korbanot? Does Yom Kippur still atone for us today without korbanot? Does one need to have any particular form of observance in order to achieve atonement? Uh, and if they do, what does that process of atonement look like? Uh, so last week, we did a close analysis of some psukim in Vayikra that give us the Torah's origin for Yom Kippur. Uh, this week, we are going to be looking at uh, Yoma 85b to 86a and looking at the question of whether Yom Kippur atones by itself or only when accompanied by, a, uh, by repentance and the ways in which that question is interpreted by a variety of Rishonim and uh, what the ramifications might be for how to understand Yom Kippur. Uh, we're learning this evening with Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Zukir, who teaches for a number of Drisha programs, including the Dr. Beth Samuels High School program and the Drisha Summer Kolel. Uh, he is a postdoctoral fellow in Jewish studies at McGill University, who received his PhD in ancient Judaism from Yale University, uh, as well as his smicha from Ritz, as well as being a, a member of YU's Kolel Elyon. Uh, he's also studied at Yeshivat Haaretzion and with the Wexner and Tikva Fellowships, uh, is a founder, co -fa uh, a founder of the Lair House, uh, and has served on the editorial committee of tradition, as well as edited two books on contemporary Jewish thought. Uh, so we're thrilled to have the opportunity to learn with Rabbi Zuckier this evening. Um, I will also note that we really, as part of the Shirim, uh, you know, we at Drisha love audience participation. Uh, we love when folks are engaging with the learning and engaging with the shear. Uh, and so we would really encourage you to do a few things in order to get the most out of the shear and to really uh, maximize your own learning and participate in it. Um, one of the first things is uh, to, whenever possible, have your video on. Uh, it makes it much easier for everyone to be able to see each other and to be able to engage with the people who are in the class when they can see each other. Uh, so we would really encourage people to keep their videos on when possible. Uh, I would also encourage people to make active use of the chat box. If you go down to the bottom navigation tab, you will see uh, a little speech bubble with the chat icon. And uh, if you have thoughts, questions, associations, Anything that comes up when you are looking or, or when you're when you're listening to the shira and when you're looking at the sources, we would really encourage you to use that as a place for discussion, reflection, asking questions. Um, I will be monitoring that to help make sure that if folks have questions or things that should be relayed to Rabbi Zakir, that we have the opportunity to do that. Uh, but we would definitely encourage you to kind of be creating your own commentary there. Uh, without further ado, Rabbi Zakir, uh, 
take it away. Thank you, Michael. And uh, as Michael said, everyone's encouraged uh, to, to participate and uh, if possible to have the video be on. All right, so let's jump in. Last week, we, uh, we spoke a little bit about the way the Psukim present Yom Kippur, where it's focused, it seems like it's largely focused on the Karbanos. Those are central to the day and maybe the ones, the, the things responsible for Kapara. Although we also saw other views that maybe the day itself outside of, uh, outside of the Karbanos, for example, nowadays when we don't bring Karbanos on Yom Kippur, maybe the day itself is actually uh, producing the Kapara uh, through a variety of factors. We're not going to dwell too much on that. We're going to build on that uh, in the coming weeks. But this week, we're going to ask not the question of, is it the Karbanos of Yom Kippur versus the day of Yom Kippur? We're going to ask uh, a, a tangential but, but, but related question of, how, how does Yom Kippur, whether through the Karbanos or through the day, effectuate Kapara itself? And to what extent does it need tshuva? Does it need repentance as uh, an, a, uh, a, a part of, of that uh, application of, of kapara, meaning, do you, you know, does Yom Kippur give kapara? Does, do you get atonement just for the day of Yom Kippur itself, whether the karbanos or celebrating the day? Do you need tshuva? Do you need repentance? Maybe if you have repentance, do you need Yom Kippur? Do the two work together somehow? This is a pretty important question. We know we think about Yom Kippur, we think about tshuva, we think about these two as related, but really at the end of the day, which one is, is the real power? Which one's the one really that causes, um, our, that causes our kapara, causes our atonement? And in order to do this, um, we're going to focus really on one sugya. It's a relatively short sugya, just a few lines long in Yoma, daf pehe amibes. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to read through a Mishnah. We're going to read through the Gemara. There's going to be a little bit of tension between those two sources. And then we're going to look at several Rishonim and how they try to grapple with these sources to, and, and what comes out in terms of their understanding of both the day of Yom Kippur and the nature uh, and tshuva and the nature of kapara that results. Um, so it's going to be both a, uh, an interpretive textual shear, but really it's speaking to much larger conceptual issues as well. So let's jump, let's move into the text. Um, I think all of you hopefully should have the handout, whether from the email earlier or from the chat, uh, you can, you can uh, link to it. And uh, I think in the interest of keeping, uh, you know, keeping us looking at each other, our faces, uh, even if we don't have, uh, even if we're not in person, uh, I'm going to not do screen share. So uh, I have, I have uh, my handout too in front of me. You all have it and hopefully we'll all be able to learn, uh, to learn together. So we'll start with the Mishnah. Mishnah is actually the last Mishnah. Source number one on the handout is, it's sort of a double Mishnah, but it's the last Mishnah at the end of Maseches Yoma. Uh, you may recognize the last line. We're probably not going to spend time on it today, but the uh, Rebekiva's line, Ashrechem Yisrael, Lifnei Miyatem Itaharami Metar Eschem, that uh, Hashem purifies the Jewish people, a beautiful drush of Rebekiva. But the first half of this Mishnah is, uh, is what we're going to focus on. And so we'll start. Mishnah, Chatas Ve'ashem Vadai Mechaprim, period. Very short sentence, a very straightforward sentence, that the two karbanos that have the primary role of atonement namely the chatas and the asham, uh, the asham vada at least, these are karbanos, you know, we know from Vayikra, Perak, Dalad, and hey, you bring them when you do whatever averos, averos that your chayv kari is for, uh, and, and the, that's for a chatas, and, and the asham has its own set of averos. When you do those averos, bishogeg, you have to bring a karban uh, for the chatas, and, and uh, you have to bring a karban, and the karban is bechaper, it resolves the sin, it atones for the sin, and uh, that's sort of a baseline. That's a baseline 
that we know how, about how Kapara works. Just to jump down to source number two, Rashi, uh, Rashi points out, Rashi throws in, umistama chuhaika. Presumably, probably there's also chuva. Presumably you did repentance before bringing these karbanos. She'im lohaya mischaret, lohaya maybe karban. If you didn't feel remorse, you wouldn't have brought the carbon. So there's, Rashi's not fully clear. Rashi is saying, presumably, if you're bringing a carbon to atone for your sin, you presumably did tshuva, you presumably repented, you presumably feel bad about it uh, and did whatever else tshuva requires. But what's not clear from Rashi is, is this a prerequisite or not? Right? Is it, is, do you really need uh, tshuva in order to be able to bring a carbon? Or is it just something that probably happened, number one? And even if you assume it's a prerequisite, how does it really work? Is it like a condition? Is it like a ticket? You know, tshuva is your ticket to get into the base of Mikdash to bring the karban, but the tshuva doesn't really participate in the kapara? Or is Rashi saying, no, presumably you did tshuva because the tshuva is also an inherent part of the kapara. And it's not the karban working alone, it's the karban plus the tshuva that work together to earn you kapara. Rashi's not clear on this point. And the reason I'm raising this, it's not about Yom Kippur, but it's exactly parallel to the question that we're going to ask about, about, uh, about Yom Kippur and its relationship to tshuva. And we'll see that it will be relevant and important. So, so far, so far we have our mission telling us that if you bring a carbon chatas, you bring a carbon uh, asham vadai, that's mechaper, that atones for the sin. And Rashi says, presumably there's tshuva. But let's move now to Yom Kippur. So the mission continues. Misa v'yom hakipurim, mechaprim im hatshuva, death, and the day of atonement, are mechaper, they atone, along with tshuva. When accompanied by tshuva, they're, they're mechaper, right? So uh, this is where we'll see probably next year. There's a list that the Tosefta has, that the, the Gemara's quote, of these four kaparas, the arba'achiluke kapara. These are three of them in this one line. Three of them being death, Yom Kippur, and tshuva. Those are three of the four. The fourth one is, does anyone know offhand what the fourth mechaper is? If not, that's okay. Um, the fourth mechaper is yisurim, is uh, suffering, which is, you know, you might see that as a, you know, partial death or, you know, some, some aspect that's shared by death. But those are the four, those are the four categories of kapara. All of them apply nowadays. Um, but the Mishnah mentions three of them. Death and Yom Kippur are mechaper along with tshuva. So it sounds like, if I were to ask you, based on this line, if, uh, if all you had is Yom Kippur, but you didn't do tshuva, would you get kapara? No, right? Just, that's what it sounds like, right? It's mechaper with tshuva. It's, tshuva is a necessary condition. So either death as a mechaper or Yom Kippur as a mechaper is insufficient if it's not accompanied by tshuva. Somehow the two of those, either Yom Kippur plus tshuva or Misa plus tshuva, they need to work together. You can't get your kapara, you can't get your atonement without uh, having the both of them. That's what it sounds like from our Mishnah. That's going to be complicated uh, by the Gemara. But fine. The Gemara continues, gives a little bit of, de- the mission continues, gives a little bit of detail. Tshuva mechaperes alaveros kalos alasei ve'alosase. Tshuva, presumably by itself, is able to atone for minor sins. What's a minor sin? Either a positive, missing a, ase, missing a positive mitzvah, or losase, violating a negative mitzvah, but not like a, a low-level negative mitzvah, not a more severe one that has kares or something, a more minimal negative. Those, those, all you need is tshuva, and tshuva resolves your Avera, Ve'alachamuros, but the more severe Averos, let's say those with Kares, although it's more complicated than that, 
Chamuros who tole for the more severe sins, tshuva is not sufficient to atone, but it's only sufficient to be tole, to suspend or to make it hang, to make the sin hang in the balance, as it were, until Yom Kippur comes and is mechater. Right, so let's think about this for a second. So minor averos, tshuva resolves fully. If it's a bigger avera, tshuva can't wipe it away, but it can sort of block it, right? It can hold it in the balance, and then Yom Kippur can come and, and wipe it away, right? So Yom Kippur, when uh, tshuva is not enough, Yom Kippur needs to work together uh, and to get rid of it. Um, from this line, it's clear that tshuva is not enough on its own for the more severe sins, right? That tshuva uh, needs, that tshuva needs uh, Yom Kippur as well. Um, and now the next line, this is, uh, this mission has a lot of uh, famous lines. This next line is, a, is, is one of the famous ones. If a person says, I'll sin, and then I'll do tshuva. So it's like, it's an easy solution, right? I can do whatever Averos I want, because I can just repent and, and, and fix it later. Uh, then we don't let them do tshuva. It doesn't work. You can't, you can't sin intentionally with the plan to get rid of it later. And similarly, if someone says, I will sin, I'll do a lot of Averos. Then Yom Kippur is going to come in and clean up the mess and fix the problem, that also doesn't work, right? If you build in, if you condition your sin on it being resolved, then we have like a, an escape clause, so to speak, right? The, 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 the kapara doesn't work. We block you from that. Fine. So that last line aside, what we have in our Mishnah is a very interesting, a very interesting point. There seems to be some symbiosis, some relationship, interrelationship between death and, death and, and, and tshuva, which we're going to put on the side, but between Yom Kippur and tshuva right? The Day of Atonement, repentance, they're working together somehow to earn kapara, to get you atonement, to get rid of your sin. And maybe that's the same as korbanos, maybe that's the same as a chatas and asham. Based on Rashi, you might read that, right? Chatas and asham are mechaper with tshuva. Maybe not, maybe it's not exactly the same. There's more to think about there in terms of Yom Kippur standing in for korbanos that we talked about a bit last week, we're going to talk about in future weeks. But either way, there seems to be that, it seems that the two are necessarily working together. Yom Kippur alone is not enough to atone for Averos, and Tshuva alone is not enough to atone for the more significant Averos. Maybe the minor ones, those are easy. But anything that's more significant, uh, an Avera that, that has Kares attached to it, a more severe Avera, you can't get rid of with just Yom Kippur. Okay, now we're going to look quickly at the Yerushalmi, uh, which will sort of set the baseline and make the Bavli that we're going to look at next even more confusing. So let's start with the Yerushalmi. Source number Three. Um, so we're going to start by introducing the opinion of Rebbe, which is what we're going to see is a little is from the Bryce, it's from the Tosefta. It's not from our Mishnah. It's a different opinion. The Yerushalmi is going to call this Rebbe. The Mishnah is going to call uh, the, the Babli is going to call this Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda. But it's going to be the same position. So let's take a look at this. Source number three. Rebbe Omer. Rebbe says this Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi, uh, 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 early third century. I'll call Averos Shevatora Yom Kippur Mechaper. For all Averas in the Torah, Yom Kippur atones, chutz, minaporik ol, except for someone who throws off the yoke, who says they, you know, they're not bound by Torah, they just totally um, go against uh, Torah. The um, Amefir bris, and one, uh, a man who undoes his uh, circumcision. The Amigal Panim Torah, and someone who embarrasses the Torah, who makes fun, who mocks the Torah. In these cases, uh, it, sorry, yeah, im asachuba miskaper lo, the im love, in Miskaper Lo, 
In these cases, you need to do tshuva. If you do tshuva, it works. If not, it doesn't work. Uh, and fine. But uh, so those are the three exceptions. But the implication is for everything else, other than these big three, Yom Kippur is mechaber. Yom Kippur atones for all sins other than these three super bad averos. Um, he had a question. Is Revi implying that with the exception of these three, but for most, for, for 99% of the Torah, Yom Kippur atones without doing tshuva? That's what it sounds like. For the big three, you need Yom Kippur plus tshuva. For everything else, you just need Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur undoes all the Averos. So is that what we should, how we should understand Rebbe's position? So Rav Ashian, Rav Yona, Rav Ba, Rav Chiyah, Vashem, Rav Yochanan, they all say the following. Mo de Rebbe, she'en Yom HaKippur mechaper, ela b'tshuva. No, 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 you're not understanding Rebbe, right? He actually agrees that Yom Kippur only atones if you have tshuva. Yom Kippur alone is not sufficient. You need tshuva as well. Now we might make a, a deal, we can make an inference from that. Ha misa mechaperes, below tshuva. Well, okay, so Yom Kippur needs tshuva, but death, as, a, as an atoning agent, does not need tshuva then. That's what's implied. And then we say, Tani, Yom Misa, Ki Yom Tshuva. Well, we throw in, the day of death is considered like a day of tshuva. So there's a couple of different ways of reading this. Let's assume it means something like anyone who, who dies, we presume that tshuva also happened. There was, we presume there was a deathbed tshuva as well. So so death can also work to be mechaper, but it needs tshuva, but it always automatically has tshuva. We presume someone who's dying, yom misa kiyom tshuva. If you're dying, it's as if you did tshuva, or maybe we assume you did tshuva, so that's not a problem. But either way, this view says, Rebbe didn't mean what he said. Right? Rebbe, we, we see this line from Rebbe, it doesn't really mean it. What it really means is you need tshuva as well as yom kippur in order to atone. Fine. So then we said, now we're going we, we're gonna to object to this view. Mantaninta, who, who had this teaching that we just read? Rebbe, Rebbe Havi, right? It was Rebbe. That, that was the first line in the Yerushalmi, right? Rebbe said this. So this is what we taught in the Mishnah. The what we taught in the Mishnah, that Misa and Yom Kippur are mechaper with tshuva, that Yom Kippur requires tshuva as well. That's Deloka Rebbe. We have a much easier solution. Don't reinterpret Rebbe. Rebbe said what he said. He said, Yom Kippur is mechaper by itself. And that's against the Mishnah. The Mishnah is against Rebbe. So that solves the problem. There's no contradiction anymore, right? The Mishnah thinks that uh, Yom Kippur is insufficient without tshuva. You need repentance. Rebbe thinks Yom Kippur is sufficient without repentance. And it's a machlokes. What's a bit funny about that? What's a bit uncomfortable about having this machlokes be in place? Yeah, Tali? Uh, we say that Rebbe wrote the Mishnah. <laughs> yeah, generally, we, 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 right, we say Rebbe was the redactor, author, whatever you want to call it. He put together the Mishnah. Right? So if he's the one who put together the Mishnah, how is the Mishnah going against him? So there are some cases where the Mishnah seems to go against Rebbe or to quote him, you know, in third person where it's not clear to Rebbe rule like him. So, you know, there is a little bit of, there, uh, you know, there are some, some ways around this. The Rishalmi obviously doesn't think this is a problem, but it is a little uncomfortable. And maybe, maybe that will affect how the Bavli reads it. But fine, but this is the Rishalmi. It sets things up. Rebbe seems to clearly say, Yom Kippur is mechaper without tshuva. That seems to go against the Mishnah. And we said either Rebbe didn't mean what he said, or more likely, it seems like this is our conclusion in the Yerushalmi, Rebbe disagrees with the Mishnah. Rebbe thinks Yom Kippur alone is sufficient. And we think, we in the Mishnah, the more standard view, thinks that you need tshuva as well. Let's move now to the Bavli, to source number four. The Bavli is going to deal with this very same issue. 
in fact, is going to sort of deal with the issue starting where the Yerushalmi left off, very interestingly. So here we go. That's the line from the Mishnah, right? Which implies Yom Kippur is Mechaper along with Tshuva, implying it needs Tshuva. And the Gemara uh, explicitly interprets this, right? Explicitly uh, draws out this diuk. Ima tshuva in, bifnei atzman lo. Yom Kippur is mechaper with tshuva, yes. Without tshuva, it's not. Yom Kippur is insufficient without tshuva. Neymah delo kerebi. Let's say this is against Rebbe, and we're about to quote Rebbe, but we know from the Yerushalmi what Rebbe said is Yom Kippur does not need tshuva. Our Mishnah thinks Yom Kippur does need tshuva. They disagree, right? And this, these words, delo kerebi, is actually just where we left off in the Yerushalmi. There's actually, this is a side point. There's a whole dispute among academic scholars as to whether the uh, Bavli had, an, you know, the Yerushalmi or something very close to the Yerushalmi or not. So I think, I mean, there's many, many indications that it did uh, on, on many, many Masechtas and including Yoma. But I think this is one of the, you know, clear smoking guns. It like literally says the words, this Mishnah and Rebbe's teaching, the Mishnah must be Deloka Rebbe. And then the Bavli starts with that as its starting point and then uh, goes further. In any event, um, so Neymah Delok Rebbe, let's say this is, uh, let's say this is against Rebbe, um, because the Mishnah sounds like it's against Rebbe, Detanya, Rebbe Omer, Akol Ve'er Shabbat Torah, Be'en Asa Tshuva, Be'en Lo Asa Tshuva, Yom Kippur Mechaper, Yom Kippur is Mechaper, whether or not you did Tshuva, Chutz, Mi, Loeg Al-Chavero, or Porik O, whatever your girsa is, making fun of a friend, or uh, throwing off the yoke of the commandments, Umegal Apanim Batorah, embarrassing the Torah, Mefer Bisbasar, and undoing a circumcision, of uh, these three, you need tshuva, otherwise Yom Kippur doesn't work, but for everything else, Yom Kippur works, right? For these three, you need tshuva in order for Yom Kippur to work, but for everything else, Yom Kippur alone works. So isn't our Mishnah against Rebbe, name it Loka Rebbe. Now the Gemara has a very important line in response to this. It says, Afilu Rebbe. No, you actually can make the Mishnah fit with Rebbe's position, and as Tali pointed out, we probably want to do that, but because Rebbe, being the, the redactor of the Mishnah, we'd want him to agree with it, all things being equal. So, we, and in general, we don't like, you know, the Gemara seems to try to minimize disagreements a lot, make everyone fit with everything. Um, so let's say that the Mishnah could work with Rebbe. How so? Tshuva baya yom hakipurim. Tshuva needs yom kippur. Yom hakipurim lo baya tshuva, but yom kippur doesn't need tshuva. So what does that mean? When the line in the Mishnah says, that Yom Kippur is mechaper im ha-tshuva. Yom Kippur is mechaper along with tshuva. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that Yom Kippur only works if there's tshuva. It means that tshuva only works if there's Yom Kippur, right? Uh, tshuva by Yom Kippur. Tshuva, repentance, is insufficient without Yom Kippur, but Yom Kippur is fully sufficient on its own. It doesn't need tshuva. Now, ha- people, try, try rereading that line in the Mishnah. How does this reading, uh, how does it go? How does it read to you? Right, Misa Yom Kippur Does that sound like, you know, if you had to guess, uh, uh, I'm getting a couple of shaking of heads, right? This is a little bit of a stretch, right? It's a, what they call a, 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 a dachuk interpretation. It's, so it's forced answer because we're, we, we're so, we very much want Rebbe to fit with the Mishnah. We're going we're gonna to force this line of the, Mishnah, the, of the Mishnah to read in a way that's very difficult to read it, right? Usually you say A is Mechaper along with B. That means certainly A needs B. Maybe B also needs A, but uh, what we, way we take it in the Gemara here, we're saying, no, B needs A, but A doesn't need B at all. Yom Kippur is Mechaper by itself. But then why does it say it's Mechaper Yom It's a very, it's a difficult line to read. So that's our Gemara. So if we just take a step back, 
What does our Mishnah say? The Mishnah seems to pretty clearly say, Yom Kippur is insufficient. It needs to work along with Tshuva. We have Rebbe's position. Rebbe seems to say, Yom Kippur is sufficient on its own. It doesn't need Tshuva. And the Gemara comes along. The first Yerushalmi says they disagree. They seem to disagree. It's two different positions. The Bavi says, no, they don't disagree because, or maybe they don't, because we can squeeze the Mishnah into Rebbe's position. We can make the Mishnah agree to Rebbe. Even the Mishnah thinks that Yom Kippur alone is Mechaper without Tshuva. So um, we're going to look now. We're going to, there, there's a bunch of sources here about the meaning of Tola. People can look at it on their own time. Um, outside, does, does Tola, this idea of being Tola, mean that you're partially atoning for the Aver, but not fully? Or does Tola just mean lahagin minayusurin, just protects you from punishment along the way for the Avera, but it doesn't actually resolve the Avera at all. That seems to be machlokas uh, among different interpreters. But we're going to jump ahead. Um, sources 11 and 12 are parallel to one another. They say similar things. So we'll start with source 12, and we may come back and look at source 11, the end of source 11. But let's jump to source 12, the Tosvos Yeshanim. The uh, old Tosvos commentary, it's actually printed on the side of the Gemara on Yoma. And they're going to try to figure out what's going on with this line. There's going to be, a, a, you know, as we noted, it's a, it's a tough line to read. So they're going to try to sort this out. Source number 12. Right, this is the Gemara's resolution. What does it mean that Yom Kippur is Mechaper along with Tshuva? It means Tshuva needs Yom Kippur, but Yom Kippur doesn't need Tshuva. V'im Tomar. Hachamashma Yom Kippurim Ikar. This sounds like, our Gemara's interpretation sounds like Yom Kippur is the main thing. Right? Why? Because Yom Kippur is Mechaper without Tshuva. Tshuva is not Mechaper uh, without Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is the, is the main thing. But the Mishnah says Yom Kippur is Mechaper with Tshuva. And so, right, A is Mechaper with B. This is a question based on what Rabbeinu Yaakov, Rabbeinu Yaakov when Tosos mentions it, is Rabbeinu Tam. Yaakov ish Tam Yoshev Ohalim. So what Rabbeinu Yaakov, what the Rabbeinu Tam used to say, the Talmud Torah Tafel Lagame Derech Eretz, meaning Gatani Yafet Talmud Torah Im Derech Eretz. The Mishnah in Avos that says, Yafet Talmud Torah Im Derech Eretz, it's good to have the study of Torah along with the way of the world, whether that means a job or that means pleasantness or what, however you understand it. Rabbeinu Tam used to say, Alma Derech Eretz Ikar. Whenever you say it's, you know, A with B, the main thing is B. Yafet Talmud Torah Im Derech Eretz, Alma derech eretz ikar. The main thing is B. When you have A with B, the main thing is B. Now, what would that say about our Mishnah? Yom Kippur is mechaper im hatshuva. So Yom Kippur is A, tshuva is B. The main thing should be tshuva. A with B, the main thing is B. Tshuva is the main thing. But I thought the Gemara just said that Yom Kippur is the main thing. We have a contradiction between uh, between uh, Rabbeinu Tam's understanding and our Gemara. So how is Rabbeinu Tam going to read our Gemara, or how should we understand our Gemara? Um, and then he's gonna, he has a proof to it. We're not going to read through the proof. Let's jump now to Yesh Lomar, the underlined part, four lines from the end of this piece. He's going to give three different answers as to how we resolve this. And I'll just note, his question is, is relatively similar to our question. I mean, there's a little bit of a nuanced difference, right? His is like focused on this idea that A with B, B is the main thing. Our question was A with B, certainly A needs B, right? It's not like A can work independently. It's a slightly different uh, formulation, but essentially it, it, it gets at the same issue. So he answers, Yesh Lomar to Hachikamar. So what is it? here's what it means. Im hatshuva she'asa kfar tzarech yom ha-kippurim. Ve'enoba lomar she'tzarech shneihem. When the Mishnah says Yom Kippur's mechaper with tshuva, it doesn't mean Yom Kippur's mechaper only with tshuva. 
It means Yom Kippur is Mechaper, and is always Mechaper, regardless with whatever tshuva you did. You did a little tshuva, a lot of tshuva, makes no difference. Yom Kippur is always Mechaper. So that's one way of reading it, and that answers, right, that would answer our version of the question too, right? Yom Kippur is Mechaper with tshuva. What does it mean with tshuva? It means regardless of tshuva, essentially, right? It's a creative reading, but it, it, uh, it explains how that the Gemara would work. It would work with the Mishnah. The Mishnah just doesn't think you actually need tshuva at all. That's answer number one. Answer number two. Inami, Mishum, Misa, Debehediatana, Imachuva, the Chuva Ikar, Gabe Misa. Now they want to complicate things. Remember, our Mishnah talks not only about Yom Kippur, but also about death, about Misa, right? So, Misa, Yom Kippur, Mechapur, Imachuva. If you think, as, as uh, Tosti Shanam is suggesting, if you think that death as a, as a Mechapur is actually less powerful than Chuva, that's why we say Imachuva. Imachuva because Chuva is more than death. But maybe it's not more than Yom Kippur, right? Maybe Yom Kippur is more is the most powerful of all, um, but whatever it sort of comes along with, uh, and, and you know, just we stick it next to uh, is next to Misa. But really, the main point, the main number one is Yom Kippur. Number two is is Chuba. Number three is Misa. Okay, that's a certain reading. Again, I don't think it's the most compelling, but it's a certain way of reading that would that would resolve the question. Both of these answers, though, as it's clear, seem to you know support the Gemara on its own terms. The Gemara says. Yom Kippur is all you need, and these seem all on board with that. But then he has a third answer, which is going to go in a bit of a different direction. The Odiyesh Lomar, did the Rebbe Nami Tzarech Tshuva Kapara Gmura. Af al-gav demahani Yom Kippurim lemaet mikares mikomakum kapara gmura below tshuva leka. Here he has a new idea. He wants to modify what Rebbe actually means. I thought Rebbe meant, as the Gemara seemed to say, as the in Yerushalmi, the Bavli, I thought Rebbe meant Yom Kippur is Mechaper without Tshuva, period, other than those three extreme cases. I thought Yom Kippur just worked by itself. But, uh, but the Tosi Shanim says no in this answer. He says maybe even Rebbe thinks that Tshuva is necessary for Yom Kippur to work. So Yom Kippur alone is Mechaper. What does it mean it's Mechaper? It means it's partially Mechaper. Yom Kippur alone can minimize, can weaken the kares, right, excision, or whatever exactly Christ is, you die young, you lose your children, whatever exactly the punishment is, Yom Kippur can mitigate that. But it doesn't atone fully unless there's tshuva. Um, so on this view, it sounds like he's saying the Re- Rebbe's position and the Gemara's position, no one really thinks that Yom Kippur alone is mechaber for everything. Everyone thinks that you need something along with it. You need tshuva along with Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur gets you part of the way there, but it cannot get you the whole way without Tshuva. And he has this really, really interesting and powerful, I think, proof as follows. He says, if this wasn't true, right, if really we thought as we thought before that Yom Kippur does everything, Yom Kippur gets rid of all the Averos, why was the base of Mikdash destroyed? Shouldn't Yom Kippur have just gotten rid every year? Yom Kippur gets rid of all the sins, and you start in a, clean, a fresh slate. So what does it mean? Or as he puts it, because of our sins, the base of Mikdash was destroyed. There, what sins? There's only a year's worth of sin at any point in time before it got cleared away. So it sounds like there must be some carryover of sin. The sins weren't totally cleansed on their own. Why? Because the people never did tshuva, and you need tshuva in order to get full kapara. So it's really a fascinating idea, bringing in history uh, to, to prove this point. 
But what he effectively does, what the Tosa Chaim does in this third answer, he totally rereads Rebbe's position and therefore also the Bavli's position. Right? So at the end of the day, according to Tosa Yashanim, in this third reading, third answer, no one holds that Yom Kippur is Mechaper by itself. Everyone holds you need a combination of Yom Kippur plus Tshuva. Otherwise, it doesn't work, and everyone agrees. It's very easy. Uh, the Mishnah and, and Rebbe agree, not because we reinterpreted the Mishnah, as he did in the first two answers, but because we reinterpreted Rebbe. Rebbe doesn't really mean Yom Kippur all by itself. Yom Kippur does a little bit by itself, but it can't get you the whole way there. Um, the, fine, the, the last answer that the Tosos rushed at in Source 11, we're not going to look at inside, is just, remember, Rabbeinu Tam, uh, Rab, Rabbeinu Yaakov, he sort of says, well, you know, he wasn't really right either. He doesn't, his answer doesn't really work in terms of Torah imderech Eretz. So that's another way out of the problem to just deny that rule of reading that A with B, B is greater. Fine. Let's we'll pause now in case there's any questions, uh, you know, uh, verbal or chat or Facebook Live. And if not, we'll go on, but uh, we'll just give a few seconds in case people want to, uh, to offer a question. I have a question. Go for it. Uh, so you said that the third answer that was given in Tosafot, the idea that, like, historically, why would the Beit HaMikdash be destroyed if you only ever have one year? But what if people were committing what you called the other big three? So there are certain, there seem to be categories of Avero that cannot be, like, like, nothing apparently is enough for that. Like, is there a way to come back if you've done one of those Averas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, right, so I think you're, you're making a, a very fair point. Tosos sort of leaves himself vulnerable. Tos Yishanim, Tosos Rush, they both leave this open. They say, well, if Yom Kippur is Mechaber for everything, except for the big three, the other big three, then how, right? So the obvious answer, or, you know, one answer you could, you could push is, well, maybe they did a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of whichever three it is. There's two different versions of it. But the Gala Panim Batorim, you know, Matri Bris Basar, Porik Oh, maybe they're just doing a lot of that. And that's how it worked, right? That's one way to, to respond. Another way you could respond is to say, well, maybe they had a really, really bad year, right? Uh, you can sometimes, uh, maybe they built up enough to, to destroy the Mikdash in that one year. Alternatively, uh, I mean, that he's making certain assumptions about how Kapara works, meaning he really assumes Kapara, you're like totally done. You're to but, you know, you might say if people do a lot of Averos and are macabre for all of them, maybe like for themselves they've resolved the sin, but there's still something that lingers that could lead to the base of Mikdash being destroyed. So I think on, on, a, on the historical metaphysical argument of Tosvos here, there's a few different ways to argue with it. And, and Zoe, thank you for pointing, for pointing to one of them. It's, you know, he's obviously assuming that that wouldn't be likely or wouldn't have been the case, right? But yeah, you could definitely make that argument. Great. Anything else? Other questions? All right. So let's move now to an alternate explanation. In some ways, this is going to be the polar opposite of the Tosvos Yashanin. Remember, just to recap for ourselves, our Mishnah sounds like Yom Kippur needs Shuba. They need to work together to get Kapar. The Gemara sounds like Rebbe's opinion is Yom Kippur alone is Mechaper. And it reinterprets the Mishnah to say that too. Yom Kippur alone is Mechaper. Tosos Yishanim said, what do we do about this? And he had two possible answers either. Or, you know, his first two answers were, you know, the Mishnah, we need to reread the Mishnah. The Mishnah really means that you need both. And then his third answer was that we should reread Rebbe. Rebbe doesn't mean that Yom Kippur alone works. Even Rebbe thinks that Yom Kippur uh, needs to work along with Tshuva to get Kapara Gmura, to get complete Tshuva effectuated. The Me'iri, the Beis HaBechira, is going to come along 
and take basically the opposite approach. So let's read this and just keep our eyes open. Um, you know, try to like have an alarm bell go off in your head any place where he seems to be, uh, you know, saying a chiddush, say something that's that's not a straightforward reading of the Gemara. Amar Iri. Okay, he starts by interpreting the Mishnah. Right, so achatas and ashem those korbanos are mechaper. They're mechaper for the sins for which they're brought. Definitely, you must have done tshuva and vidui beforehand. Where's that line from? Where is he getting that from? So that's from Rashi, right? Remember, Rashi said he probably did tshuva. So he seems like he's taking that, and but he's gonna take it a lot, a lot, um, several steps further. But he's taking the basic idea there. Before you bring a carbon, you probably did tshuva from Rashi. You wouldn't have, if you didn't do tshuva, why are you bringing a carbon? That'd be really weird, right? You did an Avera, you're bringing a carbon, you never even did tshuva, why are you doing that? It doesn't make sense. Probably you did tshuva, fine. He explains why the mission is only talking about Ashram Vadi, not Ashram Tali. We can put that on the side for now. And back to our, back to the mission, back to the key line. Misa v'yom ha-kipurim mechaprim im ha-tshuva. Death and Yom Kippur are each mechaper along with tshuva. And here's what he says. She'ezehu klal gadol. There is this big rule. She'ein shum davar mechaper ele b'tshuva. Nothing is ever mechaper except with tshuva. Now, is that what you got from the Mishnah? Is that what the Mishnah sounded like? Not so much. I mean, it sounded like, what did the Mishnah say about tshuva? What does tshuva do by itself according to the Mishnah? The smaller, like the Averot Kalot. Yeah, right? Tshuva mechaper, Averot Kalot. It says explicitly, tshuva is mechaper for minor sins. So, okay, that's a chiddish. You always need, um, sorry, so, right, so, um, fine. So that's tshuva does that by itself. And then other things, it sounds like Yom Kippur has the power to do. But fine, let's, let's put that on hold for a second, right? And he says, next line, Hachuva wrote Salomar Levad, Misa, Yom Kippur, Mechaperes, Alaveris Kalos. So that line that Tali just read, he's, that's his starting point. Yom Kippur, sorry, Chuva by itself will atone for small sins. Al Aseval Losase, positive and negative commandments that are not more severe than that. Avalachamuros, but on severe sins, Kingon Kareso, Zumisos Bezdin, right? Kare, something for which you get Kare, something for which you get the death penalty um, in court down here. Chuva Tola, Achiovo Yemechbur Mihaper. So Chuva is not sufficient. It lets it hang in the balance. It suspends the Avera until Yom Kippur is Mihaper. So it sounds here like, okay, this line sounds like Yom Kippur is, the, is a pretty big deal, right? A bigger deal. Then tshuva. So what's he going to do with that? He says, "Klomar shetachlis hatshuva nimtzes bo." The ultimate purpose of the tshuva, the ultimate goal of the tshuva, is found is realized in Yom Kippur. Meaning, when you say tshuva starts the kapar, but it's not sufficient. Yom Kippur is the one that really does it. What is? How does he interpret that? No, really, what Yom Kippur is doing. Yom Kippur is just like the full the full uh, accomplishment of the tshuva. Yom Kippur, your tshuva leads to Yom Kippur, and the Yom Kippur is sort of a big tshuva moment. We're going to figure out in a couple of minutes what exactly he means by that. Umikol makom, hu hadin, hagmura michaperes bichol es. Now this maybe is the most powerful line. It's still the case, regardless of what we said in the Mishnah. Remember we said in the Mishnah, tshuva is not enough, you need Yom Kippur? That's not true. That's not literally true. 
the real truth, mikol makom, who had it, tshuva, full tshuva, tshuva gemura, is mechaper always, anytime, even not Yom Kippur. Without Yom Kippur, full tshuva is enough to get you to Gapara. Why? She'ena pargod nin'al bifnei tshuva. We never close off. The, uh, the pargod is like the, um, what's the, uh, the heavenly, uh, uh, like the, uh, what, what's that called? The curtain, the heavenly curtain is never closed off in front of tshuva. Tshuva will always pierce through to God and will be accepted and you'll get kapara. So what are we talking about in the Mishnah? Usually, for most people, most of the time, uh, you know, your, your tshuva is more complete this time of year, right? Let's, we can poll the audience. Um, who, who would agree that uh, they think tshuva or their own tshuva or the people they know's tshuva is more complete Yom Kippur time than the rest of the year, right? That's pretty bigger tshuva, Yom, Yom Kippur is tshuva season, right? That's, uh, that's when it happens. Um, and uh, so that's, all, that's the only difference, right? So really, according to the, to the Me'iri, the Mishnah, with the Mishnah, if the Mishnah was being literal, technically precise, it would have said, ha-tshuva mechaper al hakol, or maybe tshuva gmura mechaperes al hakol. And you don't need Misa, and you don't need Yom Kippur, you don't need anything. All you need is tshuva, famous song, uh, by the Beatles. Uh, all you need is tshuva in order to resolve any Avera. That's the Me'iri. And what does he do with the Mishnah? The Mishnah is talking about the normal case. Usually, people don't have such good tshuva. Yom Kippur comes along, then they have super tshuva. And that's what he said before, tachlis ha-tshuva nimtseisbo. The fulfillment, the, the, the ultimate tshuva is found on Yom Kippur. It's not that Yom Kippur is this independent factor. Yom Kippur is just a way of supercharging your tshuva. So there's nothing inherent about Yom Kippur at all that, about being mechaper. This is pretty ironic, right? The Day of Atonement does not atone. What it does is it increases tshuva, increases repentance, and that's how you can get kapara. So at the end of the day, and we're going to see Source 14, uh, another, another uh, more uh, philosophical essay by the Me'iri, where he goes in a similar direction. But according to the Me'iri, it doesn't really, I mean, this whole dispute seems pretty pretty moot. It seems really beside the point, right? At the end of the day, uh, the Mishnah, the Mishnah that seemed to be super focused on Yom Kippur as an independent for force, even the Mishnah means it's all about Tshuva, right? And Yom Kippur can help, but even the Mishnah thinks it's all about Tshuva. Definitely Rebbe would hold it's all about Tshuva. And this is, in a sense, the opposite extreme, right? So just to summarize, we have three views, really, that have come out of this. Three possible views on the relationship between Yom Kippur and tshuva. Does someone want to suggest what the three options are that we've seen, just to summarize for us? Or start with one of them at least? All right, I'll start with one and someone else will jump in, right? So, so option number one is that um, tshuva alone does everything. That we saw in the Me'iri. That's one extreme, right? All you need is tshuva. That's one extreme. The other extreme, which was straightforward reading of the Gemara, Rebbe's position, shot in the Bavli, um, the first two answers in the Tosa Yishanim is, all you need is Yom Kippur. Tshuva helps out a bit here and there. You don't need it. You, all you need is Yom Kippur. And then there's this middle position that sounds like what the Mishnah was saying, but the Gemara didn't interpret that way. Sounds like what the way the Yerushalmi was reading the Mishnah and seems like the, the third answer of the Tosa Yishanim, which is, you need a combination. You need some Tshuva. You need some Yom Kippur. 
neither one is sufficient on its own for the major Averos. You need a little bit of both. Let's look now at source 14, the Chibur HaTshuva, the essay on Tshuva by the Me'iri. The Me'iri was uh, not only a Talmudist, but a philosopher like his intellectual forebear, the Rambam. He dabbled in, or more than dabbled, I should say, in both. And we'll look at the, uh, the last five lines, that last paragraph there in the Me'iri, where he gets into this issue. He says, before the first paragraph, he talks about how Hashem cares a lot more about our beliefs and our actions and our ethics than about Karbanos, quoting a lot of Psukim in Navi and uh, in Suvin. But then he says, This is paraphrasing a line from the Rambam. Um, he's talking about the Sir Mishtaleach, which is, of course, the, the well, it's a sort of a carbon, it's sort of not a carbon, brought on Yom Kippur that is supposed to have the broadest kapara. The Mishnah, the Mishnah in Shavuot says it's mechaper on everything, the, the uh, Seir Mishtaleach. So the Seir Mishtaleach is only mechaper if you do tshuva. Now he says kfar like obviously you know this, and it's based on the Rambam, but it's a big machlokus in the Gemara. This is not at all clear that this is true. Uh, there's a big dispute in the Gemara, but the Meiri takes it for granted, based on the Rambam. Avo mechaper hu lashavim, Al kol avonos, it, the the seir lazazel, the scapegoat, the seir mishaleach, is mechaber for all averos. Heim kalim, heim chamurim, heim zdonos, heim shkagos, heim shehodalo, heim shlohodalo. Minor, major, intentional, unintentional, known, unknown. All averos are resolved by the seir mishaleach with tshuva. Very important with tshuva. Umashamur b'ksas mekomos shemechaper alakalos afkalot tshuva. What about the gemaras that say that seir lazazel atones for minor sins without tshuva? Without tshuva. Just like we said, Yom Kippur is mechab without tshuva. What about that? Biur afo pishalo his orer tachlis haara adshayavo mimena lide tshuva gmura. What does that mean? It doesn't mean you did no tshuva. The sirmish daleach with no tshuva is not mechab for anything. What it means is that the sirmish daleach, if you do partial tshuva, is still mechab even if you didn't do complete tshuva. That's all it means. Um, the uh, Fine. Nimza mikol makom shehasayir sibas hakapara vehatshuva hi hakapara. Another super powerful line. When we say the sirmish shaleach is mechaper on everything, as long as you did tshuva, according to some opinions. So number one, he paskins you need to do tshuva for the sirmish shaleach to work. And number two, what's actually doing the kapara? What's the real actual cause of kapara? Vehatshuva hi hakapara. The tshuva, the repentance, the internal transformation. That's what causes the kapara. What's the role of the sirmish shaleach? It's Sibas HaKapar. It's the cause. It's the indirect cause. How is it the indirect cause? Presumably, you see this whole process with the Sir Mishaleach. It inspires you to do tshuva, and that's what really leads to the kapara at the end of the day. And he says, Also, based on the line of the Rambam, nowadays we don't have the Sir Mishaleach because we don't have uh, a Korbanos. Yom Kippur, the day, uh, he doesn't say the day of Yom Kippur is Mechaper. Notice, he says tshuva is Mechaper. That's, again, based on the Rambam, a very important line in the Rambam we'll see next week. Whether the goat is mechaper, whether the day is mechaper, whether it's Yom Kippur, whether it's suffering, whether it's death, whichever, whatever your mechaper is, it's all about getting to the right point regarding tshuva. All of these things, anything that the Gemara says is a mechaper, Karbanos of various sorts, the Sirla Zazel, Misa, Yom Kippur, whatever it is, all of it is Sibas Hachuva. It's just a cause of repentance, Vihi, and it 
tshuva, repentance, is the actual kapara. Bhusha Rama is a rav, that's what the Rama meant. That the whole point of the Sirmash Taleach is to inspire people, inspire sinners to doing tshuva. It's all about psychology. So, like, this is really such an extreme position. And he's, re- as we see, he's clearly reading the Mishnah, he's reading the Gemara, but he's totally reinterpreting it. He's turning it on its head completely. Right? I thought the debate in the, in the Gemara was whether you need both tshuva and Yom Kippur or whether you just have Yom Kippur and that's enough comes along, the Meiri says, no, you just need tshuva. Yom Kippur is just like inspiration for the tshuva. But at the end of the day, all you need is the tshuva. So um, I included a few Rambams on the sheet. We're not going to read the Rambams now. We'll get to them another time. But you can tell the Rambam is what inspired the Meiri. The Rambam has an extra emphasis on tshuva, but the Rambam is nowhere near as extreme as the Meiri. The Meiri clearly took this a couple of steps further from the Rambam. But let's try to understand what's going on behind these three positions. All you need is tshuva, all you need is Yom Kippur, or you need a little bit of both. And I think, you know, what sounds like a technical question, you know, is it A, is it B, what's more, what's less? Fundamentally here, there's a real, there's a real deep question as to how kapara works. What is the nature of kapara? So there's, there's really two different approaches, right? One is that kapara needs to be earned by you, by the sinner. Sorry, I apologize for calling you all sinners, right? Whoever does, whoever wants to get kapara needs to earn it by tshuva, by self-transformation, by becoming a new person. So yeah, I made a mistake in the past. I'm, I've, you know, I, I regret it. I'm going to stop doing it. I'm not the same person anymore. The whole process of tshuva, Ayin Sham, the Rambam, Hilkos, uh, Hilkos Tshuva, right? If you want to know how to do it, look at the Rambam. However you do it, you're a new person. You're, you fixed your mistakes. You're not going to do it again. So, you know, it's sort of almost logical. You deserve, in a sense, to have your previous sins be wiped away. You did the work. You fixed yourself. You fixed the problem. And you deserve to get kapara because of your transformation. You've changed yourself as a person. You've done tshuva. And you, you therefore deserve the kapara. That's one approach. On the other hand, we have an approach to kapara that it's really, you don't deserve kapara. You don't deserve kapara. You never can deserve kapara. You did the mistake. What's done is done. You can't erase the past. It, the fact that there is kapara is something that's, you can call it miraculous. You can call it a chesed. God grants us this ability to rewrite the past, to erase our sins, to get tshuva, despite the fact that we don't actually deserve tshuva. Tshuva can never be deserved. You did, you did the wrong. You have to pay for it. How can you get around it by bringing a carbon or by, you know, by uh, suffering, even by dying? How does it really fix what you did? How does it change your Avera? And this idea would be that, that at the end of the day, kapara is a chesed. It's, uh, to use theologically charged terms, it's divine grace. God gives us something we don't deserve, namely tshuva. And I think, you know, it should be pretty clear how the two extreme views fit with these ideas, right? The idea of Rebbe, Rebbe's chiddish, and maybe, uh, and maybe the Mishnahs as well, if you follow the Bavli is that maybe with a couple of exceptions of really extreme things, but 99% of the time, kapara is achieved through Yom Kippur. Every year, God created this special day with the power to just clean everyone's slate. And you get that automatically, regardless of basically anything else. It might be a bit more complicated. We'll see that in future weeks. But at least fundamentally, you get a free pass. You get, a, 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 you get to rewrite history. You get to clean your slate once a year. We saw this last week, Rav Shimshon Hirsch 
said Yom Kippur is based on God's chesed. God decided, I'm going to set up one day a year, just that as an absolute act of chesed, I'll just cleanse everything. And that, that makes a lot of sense within this view. Yom Kippur alone is mechaper. That's Rebbe's view. On the other hand, the, uh, on the, other hand, the, uh, the Me'iri, and it makes a lot of sense that the Me'iri is a real rationalist. The Me'iri comes in and says, no, there's no such thing as rewriting the past, as getting unearned tshuva through great. You get what you deserve. That this is what you know, character is all about, especially following uh, classical uh, ideas about, about uh, ethics and character uh, that you know, the Ramam quotes from the Greek philosophers and the Me'iri follows him. You get what you deserve, meaning you build yourself into the sort of person who you are, and you get what you deserve. So this, you know, just this, this should be true here as well. Whatever tshuva you do, whatever personal transformation you get, whatever kapara you earn, you can receive. Yom Kippur is not a magic, you know, it's not a silver bullet or a magic day that automatically erases your sins. That, that doesn't even make sense. We have to think rationally here. What works is transformation. If you change yourself, if you become a better person, that gets you kapara. And whatever, you know, it doesn't really change the past per se, presumably, but at least it fixes it to a certain extent. And what does Yom Kippur do? What does the Sir Lazazel do? All of these things are only an impetus to do tshuva, inspiration to do tshuva. People, uh, you know, we're all creatures of habit. We're all easily influenced by our surroundings. The more you have Yom Kippurs going on, the better the chances that you'll have genuine tshuva and become a better person. So that's the machokas here. It's really a fundamental question. What is kapara? What is atonement? Is it earned or is it unearned? Is it grace from God? Those are the two extreme views. And then we have the middle view, the middle view that you need a little bit of both. And I think there's a lot of different ways of setting this up. One way is to say, well, it's just a compromise, right? It's not fully grace. It's not fully earned. You go halfway. God goes halfway. That's one way of taking it. There's a few other approaches to this that uh, several Achronim mention, um, which could include things like uh, the doing Tshuva is, uh, sorry, Yom Kippur will fix the, uh, will fix the, the Avera itself, meaning every Avera is some sort of desecration of God's name, is some terrible thing in the world. That can be fixed by Yom Kippur, but you, you as a person, your own character can't be fixed for that. You need Tshuva. Or maybe Yom Kippur serves to atone for the Klal, for the Tzibur, for the communal sin, uh, that aspect of sin, but for the individual sins, you need tshuva to do that for the yachid, for the individual. That's uh, Rabbi Salvechik's idea. Um, right, and there's a couple of other, other ways of rendering this as well, but this middle approach seems to be saying, we're trying to balance here. We're trying to balance not only theologically between tshuva of grace and tshuva that's earned, but also textually trying to balance the Mishnah versus the, the Bavli and the different ways of reading it, that this middle position is really trying to negotiate that as much as possible. The third answer of the Tosos Yishanim, really going back to Pshat in the Mishnah, that you need both Tshuva and Yom Kippur to go together. So this is a really fundamental idea of how, uh, of how Kapara works. And I'll add, there's also, in a sense, a question of how Yom Kippur works, right? The more you say that Yom Kippur is this day when, through an act of chesed, through an act of grace, just automatically your sins are erased, regardless of whether you did Tshuva, Yom Kippur becomes a super powerful day. Yom Kippur becomes the day that, that has this metaphysical power to just erase the past, to erase sins, to cleanse everything, to even prevent the destruction of the base of Mikdash, as Tosfos Yishanim asked, right, potentially. It's this super powerful thing. Whereas if you go with the Me'iri, the Me'iri sort of takes all the magic out of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is 
it's like a day of great inspiration. It's like a really big, I don't know, it's like a tshuva pep rally. That's essentially what Yom Kippur is. All the Karbanos and the Sirla, Zazel and the Davening, all, it, it's very important, but it's important not in itself. It's important for the purpose of inspiring you to do tshuva. Inherently, it accomplishes nothing. All it does is it helps, it helps lead you to a greater tshuva, which is what leads to the kapara, or what is kapara. Tshuva is kapara. Repentance gets you atonement, right? There's no difference. There's no, there's no like bonus. The, 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 it's everything you get is fully earned. That's the, that's the me'iri. And what comes out is Yom Kippur is important, but only as a facilitator of tshuva. In itself, it's, it's really meaningless. I mean, it's a, that's a strong thing to say. Um, and of course, the position in the middle is trying to balance between the two, right? Yom Kippur has some power. It's, it's not like any other day but it doesn't have over, overwhelming power. It, it, it gets you somewhere, but you need tshuva in order to get the rest of the way. You need the two, you need the two to work together. So um, I think we're basically out of time. I'll pause in case there are questions. There's a lot more to say on this topic. There's a lot more to say in the three weeks uh, that we have left, the three future topics. Um, so feel free to ask, but I think this is really a fundamental question about Judaism, about how we understand repentance, how we understand atonement, how we resolve our sins. Is it based on what fully what we earn, what we do ourselves? Or is there a chesed elyon, God coming in and giving us something we don't quite deserve through Yom Kippur? A question about what's kapara, a question about what's Yom Kippur, and it really all comes back to this sugya of how we understand the relationship between tshuva and Yom Kippur, how they work together. Are they really working together or is it really one factor or is it really the other factor? So any questions? or thoughts, reflections, confessions, kaparos. If not, we can, uh, we can end here. Um, and in future weeks, next week, we're going to start off at least by talking about the Arba Achiluke Kapara, this idea of the four categories of Kapara, which we talked a lot about two of them, Shuva and Yom Kippur, but there's also Yisurim, this idea of suffering, and, and Shuva itself, and we'll see there's a lot of sources that get into the details of how, how to add them up, like what counts for what and how much. So we're going to get into even more detail then, but I think the way to start is by this core question of Yom Kippur versus Chuva, um, or Yom Kippur plus Chuva, and how does atonement work? Uh, everyone should have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too. Thanks, Rav Shlomo. Thank you so much to Rabbi Zuckier. Um, if you're interested in learning more about our upcoming classes, as Rabbi Victor said, we're going to be continuing this over the next three weeks. Uh, please come back and, and keep learning more with us. But uh, there are also a number of other classes going on throughout the month of Elul that you can find information on uh, on our website at drisha.org slash classes. Thank you again to all of you for being here. Thank you, Rabbi Zakir, for really, really wonderful and engaging sheer and uh have a wonderful night everyone see you soon <laughs>